Welcome to another episode with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and the entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore in the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. Can you truly say you're on your customer's side? Matt McCorkle, Manager of Branch Operations for Kaiser Compressors Can, at Kaiser, providing support for the products they sell is everything, explains this guest on Market Dominance, guys. It's always about the customer, Matt states. In this third of three conversations between Matt and our hosts, Chris Beal and Corey Frank, the discussion centers on being 100% committed to supporting customers, those who have put themselves in your hands because you've convinced them to trust you. Corey explains that this starts with that first conversation, the cold call. You're on the product that builds trust first, he says. The actual product you're selling comes second. Join our three sales experts on this week's Market Dominance Guys episode, Being There for Your Customers. Yeah, I have a theory probably that uh, uh, Chris, certainly knowing you as long as I have that connect and sell. And Matt, I think you probably agree with this as a testament, is that it's not a product. It's not even a weapon, right? As you guys like to say internally, but the medium is the message, the, the trust that you've engendered with uh, people who are sitting in the front row of a workshop, people who you meet on a barefoot run, people who you meet in, you know, the dreariest uh, German bars in O'Hare, wherever it is, right? That you are the product, right? Which builds trust first and then the product comes second. And Matt, I think that you can't have a company like Kaiser that's been around for over a hundred years. And uh, certainly you have technical competence, the the company does, you have uh, industry competence, but I think probably the leadership that continues to come generation after generation continues to engender that trust. Kaiser is a name that I can pick up the phone at three in the morning if I have a problem with. If I have a problem, I know that that Kaiser is going to try to figure out our manufacturer solution to help me. Sometimes it's a little tougher to get when it's pure software and there's no touch When it's e-commerce alone, you miss out on certainly some conversations like this at an enterprise level or at a more intimate level. And you have just the brand promise, uh, the website, right? The the commercials somehow sometimes drive that. And it'll be interesting to see if those companies end up being as durable as, uh, you know, as certainly, you know, Connect and Sell or or Kaiser. That's, uh, you know, Chris and I were actually talking about that as it relates to Connect and Sell, building trust, getting meetings with folks, because as I was calling with Cheryl, you know, we're trying to set up some virtual meetings, phone meetings. It's not common in our industry. Mm-hmm. And it's because of exactly what you you put your finger on there, Corey, you know, th- this is a hard product. It's a piece of machinery in somebody's plant. And they want to know that they can believe that you have the absolute best machinery ever. It's just amazing. It's reliable. It's efficient. It's just incredible piece of machinery. But if you can't support it, they don't want it anywhere near their plant. Mm. And so that support piece that you're going to have somebody here at three in the morning, they're going to know how to put it back together. If, if something catastrophic happens, that's really critical in, in our industry. So then when it comes to connect and sell, a lot of times you're pushing for that face-to-face meeting. And then the way certainly we use the sales process after that is to demonstrate that 
not only do we have business outcomes, but we also have the infrastructure to support these uh, business outcomes in terms of technicians and parts support and things like that. But that that is that is definitely a piece that that comes into play. You can't. I, I feel that it is more difficult to sell remotely. That you need a little bit of that face to face touch. Now, uh, certainly, we're not giving up on on doing things from a virtual perspective because it's such a powerful uh, time savings. But at some point in that process, you've got to make that connection. Oh, you know, and I commend you, Matt. I mean, you think about the stewardship that you are responsible for for this hundred and twenty year, hundred nineteen year old company. Is that what it is? Yes. So the stewardship that you're responsible for in that company, the leap of faith of trust that you had to have to say, I want to take this approach not only from selling, but also from certainly the, the, the technology benefit of, of a connected cell. We can't underestimate that, right? And I think that there's going to be a reciprocal effect as you continue to see the market dominance effects occur, right? You're number three in the U.S. Hey, I'm sure when you're on the episode, you know, when they'll show maybe next year, maybe it'll be number two, right? <laughs> maybe that'll be to take the math says three years, right, Chris? So we'll, we got we got another year to uh, to cram it in. So we'll we'll see how it works. But I imagine that it'll be fun as you look at the legacy. Is the reciprocal effect of Matt McCorkle inside a company like Kaiser going to be affecting? the results five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And if you probably have clients that have been with that organization for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, and they continue to be fans of Kaiser. So um, those are some of the larger ramifications of focusing on market dominance and the strategy. And really is the, the residue of that or the DNA level of that is that you build trust. And you're building trust certainly with your team, with your board, with your leadership team, by this is the way we are taking these mantles and planting them here, but this is how we're going to sell. So uh, it's really a great thing to uh, to see, would you say, Chris? I tell you, for me, it's, uh, I don't know how to put it, spine tingling. You know, when we first engaged with Kaiser, I kept it quiet internally. I don't really talk to people about most of the deals I'm working on anyway, but I just thought, oh, the skepticism level is going to be so great. It's like, why would a 117-year-old at the time German air compressor company be an appropriate partner for Connect and Sell, right? I mean, who are they going to have calling and who are they going to call and why are they going to do it? And it sure doesn't look like Silicon Valley to me. Uh, But I had actually more confidence. I remember leaving that test drive with James Townsend and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, these guys are going to take over their industry. And that was just walking out of the test drive. And it wasn't just because the brats and beer were so good, even though, quite frankly, they were off the charts. And that was was one of the amazing things about being able to go physically on a test drive. But it was just clear that the purpose, I mean, I always ask two questions. Do these guys have the goods and do they have the will? And if they have the goods and the will, are they willing to show somebody that they're competent, make it clear that the competence is there and make it even more clear that they're on that other person's side, that individual person's side, right? That's all you have to really do in business, but everything works against you. Short-termism works against you. Commission plans work against you. How people get moved up in organizations or moved out. The very short tenure of sales leaders works against you. All of this stuff works against you. And it really takes 
depth, which most companies have a hard time finding in order to say, you know, we really mean it. We, we really are confident. We really do know what we're doing. And, and by the way, we really are on your side, not kind of on your side. We're actually on your side. We can afford to be on your side. That's how good we are. We can afford and we can't afford not to be. And so we come all the way over there and yeah, you don't get to abuse us. Yeah. You know, we're not here to fetch another rock for your rock pile. We get those games. We don't play those games, but frankly, if, if, if you're sincere in, in wanting to solve your problems, we're going to be even more sincere in trying to help you solve those problems and let the chips fall. And that's what I felt when we left Milwaukee that day. That's why I told James, these guys are going to dominate their market because the sincerity, the competence was clearly there. I mean, it was obvious, right? As you point out, you don't get to be a 117-year-old uh, industrial company any or any kind of company unless the competence is there. It was that willingness and the will to, to win combined with the willingness to actually be on the customer's side. Those are the things that come into conflict. Because many times folks want to win and they want to win at the margin, at the expense of the customer, right? At the margin, it's tempting to take from the customer rather than to have the discipline to say, no, the way we do this is we're always on their side. Because let's face it, we're the doctor, right? I'm the doctor. The patient's unconscious. I'm not supposed to like... Why, you know, go and look in their wallet while they're unconscious <laughs> and say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fix the gallbladder. But by the way, oh, look, you know, nice little Amex card here. I think I'll run up something on Amazon for myself. Right. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell's patented technology. You'll load your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing how many tears they shed while watching the end of Toy Story, kind of qualified. And we're back with Corey and Chris. And that's, it's very similar. If you're Kayser, you're the expert. You have a kind of a, I don't know if it's a fiduciary responsibility, but the responsibility of the expert toward the person who has thrown themselves into your hands and said, okay, I'll let you help me. And I think when you do it that way, and I look at Connected Cell and ask, what are we good for? We're good for getting those trust-based conversation, those trust outcome conversations to happen fast enough that then you can deal with all of that timing stress, which shows up in business. Because all businesses, as we said, the overhead of a business is like a racehorse. It eats while you sleep, right? It's not so wonderful. So we have timing stress. So how do we deal with the timing stress that draws us away from being on the customer side? And one of the ways we do it is to broaden our pipeline, get the portfolio really wide, the funnel really wide, and make sure that it's paved entirely with trust so that then we have, frankly, the luxury of harvesting that trust over over time as it makes sense for the customer. We're on their side one more way. In one funny way, we serve customer A by engaging with customer B because customer A might not be ready for a while and customer B will sustain us while customer A's need matures or their understanding matures. We're actually serving each individual customer, oddly enough, by broadening 
our pipeline by increasing the number of opportunities that we have at different stages, because it makes us more robust and the more robust we are, the more capable we are of service. And you're also, you're also inhibiting, making it a little bit more difficult for your competition by at least having a trust-based conversation, even if they're not ready to move forward for your competition. And that's part of the collection process that a lot of organizations underestimate of, I'd rather send an email, you know, these, these people aren't ready to move forward. No, no, no. Did you have a conversation? That's a good thing, if, especially if it's memorable and especially if it's part of a good balanced nutrition breakfast every month to continue to have a conversation with those folks. So sorry, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, both of those things are exactly how how we've approached it. And really, it starts at the top when you talk about being on the customer side, Chris. I mean, Mr. Kayser, this is a third generation owner of the company, and it's always about the customer. It's not about selling another compressor. It's not about maximizing the size of the compressor or the size of the compressor sale. It's always been what keeps manufacturers running the longest and for the lowest cost in terms of operating costs, not necessarily purchase price. And that's what we're focused on. It starts with Mr. Kayser, my boss, Frank, that's what he instills in everybody. And and that's absolutely it, Chris. And that's why it works. That's what leads to, I believe, the dominance. The sales cycles are long. The times when people, you know, you, you can't necessarily force it. In some cases, you can make the business case to do it now. In many cases, you can, but not in all cases. But when you're having those trust-based conversations conversation when people realize we're willing to share our knowledge. We just want you to get better. We want to help you manufacture better, more reliably. We want to lower your costs. We've got some advice for you. And it's probably a little different than what you're going to hear from others, but, uh, but it doesn't necessarily involve buying anything. And that's where the conversation starts. And that's where it continues. That authentic message there, that is what you're selling on that uh, cold call is uh, let me leave your world just a little bit brighter, be a little bit more educated, regardless if you buy anything for me, I'm here to, to move you down that primrose path. So that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. You asked me a question earlier, Corey, about, you know, what is it I'm tweaking? And mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of missed that a little bit. I would like to have another take at it because I am working on something. And what that something is, is not needing to be, have the affirmation or be liked at the end of that call. I think this is a really powerful thing. I hear this from Oren Claff. I listen to some of my best reps. You have to remove it from your mind completely. That's very difficult for me. I want to feel like, oh, this person liked me at the end of the call. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if I have some value for him, but he doesn't like me at the end, or I'm challenging his the way he's thinking about compressed air, about his business, about improving things, then I owe it to him to challenge him and thinking that, or him or her, or challenge them and thinking about it. Right. I think that's what ultimately leads to the best uh, value added conversations that we have on the phone. Well, we, we just had a big event last week, Oren and in uh, the team and us in San Diego. And we had a couple hundred folks and that came up time and again, Matt, where, you know, we talk about the four foundations. This is the pitch anything methodology. You need humor, curiosity, intrigue. But the fourth element is where a lot of folks miss out on because of a need for approval, and that is tension, humor, intrigue, curiosity, and tension. And human language was developed to communicate tension. It wasn't to communicate 
give me a vente, you know, mocha, macchiato, et cetera. It was communicate, listen, there's a big saber-toothed tiger over on that hill. Don't go over there. It's tough for me to do that with hand signals and, and grunts. So language by itself, stories, Beowulf, our oldest ancient verbal traditions were to communicate tension. And somehow when we move to sales, right? We, we leave a lot of that because we have supplicative behavior. Um, yes. Certainly the Sandler methodology is, uh, you know, has two major functions is you're financially secure and you don't need the business. And I'm a psychologist on a Broadway play. And um, my needs are not met by my prospects. My needs are met by the people in my immediate circle. Could be my dog, could be my spouse, could be my children, could be my boss. But outside of that, maybe my industry, but outside of that, uh, if I'm going for my customers to get my mental, my emotional needs met, uh, it's going to be a, a lonely life. You better have an office building, as I say, that's on the first floor, because if you have it on the second or third, you're going to be too tempted to, uh, to jump out that window. I never thought about jumping out the window, Corey. I must have the... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I was raised in a, you know, one of those ranch style houses. Oh, that's right. Yes, you were. I had to go up on the roof and jump off that. And it still wasn't high enough to get hurt. So what can I say? You know, it's, yeah. I think it's fascinating when the average person who's not in business thinks about business, they tend to think about words like, you know, cutthroat competition. They think about concepts like, uh, you know, making the number and mm. you're going to make the, you're going to force things to have all that kind of stuff. That's not actually how it's done at the highest levels by the most successful people. It's just not. It's almost like, you know, listening to Matt, it's almost like it's an unfair trick to sincerely be on your customer's side while working your ass off in the back to make sure that you have the best products and that when it comes time to deal with the disasters or the problems in the field, that you're there, that that sounds ridiculous, right? What's the catch? That's like, like, what's the catch? And the catch is, well, the catch is, it's kind of like a patent, right? So what do we do when we get a patent? We make a trade with the public. And as you know, I've got, you know, one or two of these things. And I've been schooled by one of the best patent attorneys in the world. The best that I know, Sid Leach out there, in uh, North Scottsdale now. And Sid, he sat me down, my first patent. He said, look, Chris, this is a simple trade. You're trading exclusivity, a monopoly for 17 years or whatever it is with the public. And you're doing it in exchange for teaching them how precisely how to make your product, to make your invention. That's the trade, right? And when you make it that clear, it's like, oh, so I better do a really good job of teaching them, of disclosing exactly how to make this thing. I have to get out of my heart the desire for secrecy. In the same way, I have to get out of my heart the desire to be liked because it actually works against the purpose. Because the purpose is I'm I'm gonna share, if I'm on your side, I'm gonna share with you what I know. I'm not sharing it with you to make you feel a certain way about me, but because I sincerely believe that this information can be of value to you. And maybe right now you're not very comfortable with it. That's good. That's It's just the way things are. But I can only share from the perspective of what I know. And you'll take it from the perspective of where you're at. And how that makes you feel about me is wholly irrelevant. Because otherwise, I'm a thief. I'm stealing your approval 
in exchange for what's good for you that I believe is good for you anyway, which is my knowledge. And it's the same kind of thing, right? I'm going to teach in exchange for an interesting kind of exclusivity, which is you will exclusively trust me and not my competitor. So it's very much like that same sort of trade. It's just not as black and white. And I think that the issue in both cases is the temptation to not go all in on removing that hesitation from your heart. That you've got to go all in on the commitment to be on the customer side. You have to go all in on the commitment to share what you know. You can't be cagey. If you're being cagey, you're playing a short game, but life kind of is a long game. (laughs) Business is a long game. And as we all know, businesses are more different from each other than people are. People are constrained as animals. We're constrained by our biology. We share similarities that are deeper than our differences because if not, you know, our ancestors were dead. The dead ancestors don't leave a lot of progeny. Therefore, we're not here, right? But companies aren't like that. Companies can have immense complexity. But you know what's kind of funny? The biology of a sincerity, so to speak, of customers need to have somebody on their side who's good at what they do actually makes great companies like Kaiser much more like other great companies that have stood the test of time because somebody at the top continues to insist, we're not only great at this, that's what we do back here, but we're also on the customer's side. Not 60%, 70, 80%. It's 100%. It might even be over 100%. And that's why we're, you know, that's why they're still around. And we exist as a company to help those companies have that first conversation, that second conversation, that third conversation that leads to that mutual exploration. Mm-hmm. You've asked me before, what business are you in? And I say, we curate dominance. Some people say dominance means hurting other people, it's about the competition. It's not. It's the natural mathematical outcome of doing two things well. One is what you do, and the other is who you do it for. By the way, one of the things that draws me to your podcast that I love when I see it every time I see the little logo is, um, you know, the two folks on top of the pile holding their their flags, you know, standing on bodies laying there. (laughs) And when I saw this the first time, I was just cracking up. And because on the one hand, it's uh, a very kind of combative. Uh, You talk, I think, about blood. I'm like, oh, here's, here's, you know, blood on the ground. But there's humor in it. There's great humor in it because you're absolutely right. That's really not what business is like in reality, but that's what we're pushing for. And uh, it's just a great image. I love it. Well, this has been wonderful, Matt. It's great to finally have you on the program. Like I said, your your story and your journey has been uh, great, uh, great content for us. Uh, these hundred plus episodes. And thanks for taking the time. You know, you know those Germans. They run a tight ship, so it's good for you to kind of jump out uh, for an hour and a half or so of your busy day on a Friday to uh, to partake with us. So, any final thoughts, Chris? Uh, we're going to get Matt back about a year from now in his final year of market dominance and, uh, and, and tally up the scores. Yeah, well, it's an assured outcome. Um, it, it's just it's happening. It's going to continue to happen. And, and it's a real it's truly an honor and a privilege to be able to to partner with Kaiser. It's just an amazing thing. So there's 
the path was all full of strange chunks of luck, right? I think we might have found each other eventually anyway, because yeah, sure. Matt went to Outbound, and Outbound is, you know, where we kind of go hang out. But I'm so glad that we managed to, to get it together back then. And I just, uh, you know, there's there's a handful of customers that we work with that every day I think about and I remind myself of what the world can be like and working with Matt and working with the team at Kaser, that that's in that list. That's pre-breakfast every day. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you. Thank you both for uh, having me on. I, I do hope, you know, it encourages somebody that might be in a different industry and not think about connecting cell working for them to really evaluate because it, it is absolutely a, a game changing technology, but it's also a game changing company. And uh, how Chris runs it is very refreshing and just very open. Chris, you know, you're talking about us sharing openly with the customer. You're so much on our side. It's it's unbelievable. And uh, that's, again, very refreshing. True partnership. And I uh, really love working with you again. Thanks for thanks for having me on here. All right. Well, we'll uh, for the uh, for the sage of sales, the birthday boy, Chris Beal, we're looking forward another 110 years or so. Maybe uh, Connected Cell will catch up to uh, to Kaiser here. We'll be celebrating that or our progeny will be celebrating that in a future podcast. So uh, until next time, this is uh, Corey Frank with Chris Beal with the Market Dominance Guys. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe.